Welcome to Public Servants Announcements. We have another guest this week, and I'd like to say we are taking a break from educators for a little while, but we really aren't because this guy's an educator as well. Um, I knew that when I messaged him, and just to be fully frank, I messaged him maybe three hours before recording. So this is the fastest turnaround I've gotten from somebody willing to record, which is just a testament to who this guy is. Um, I've known him, I feel like it's probably been about 10 years now as a coach, um, a business owner, and just an all-around, like I said, good guy. He's someone who I know parents lean on heavily for advice when they're looking for what to do next with their kids, and that is the basketball coach, the teacher, the educator, Jimmy Boyd. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the first question I ask everybody, just so our audience knows who's talking, what makes you a public servant? My willingness to serve. Uh, my papa, uh, I'm old-fashioned a little bit, and my, my papa told me, never stop serving. And uh, he passed away, so that's something that I try to stick to. Of course, of course. And so you, I know that you work in education. I know that you coach basketball. What got you, what, I want to go to education route first. What got you into education? Education, uh, always been there for me. Um, you know, we hear a lot of teachers uh, about not getting paid enough, uh, how bad the youth are, and they're correct. <laughs> they are correct. However, uh, I do believe that in my experience, I knew I always had a teacher that no matter how bad we were, she was able to get our, our attention. And I felt that I had that connection. You know, I had young people that they may curse around other people, but they wouldn't curse around me. Uh, they would say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. And I love teaching. And um, I didn't want them to, if I can give back, um, I felt that that was a way. So I love teaching. When opportunity came, I jumped at it. Okay. And then what got you into coaching? Ah, missing my opportunity as a youth. Um, I was one that was lucky. Uh, graduated high school. I was in the top 25% of my class. Uh, had scholarship offers. Um, I mean, matter of fact, my first, my first letter was from UCLA. My first call was from Lou Holtz of uh, Notre Dame with Rocket Ishmael. Uh, I played football uh, in a Maceo Smith, um, but I never knew the value of it. I never knew what college was about. And because I wasn't a popular type kid, my coaches never really pushed it. Um, so when I got the military, I went to the military. I didn't take a scholarship. Um, I look back on my life and I realized that even after the military, I was still getting offered to play in the NCAA Summer League for basketball, a uh, different sport. And I looked at it. If I had an adult teach me, just wake me up, just pull me to the side and say, hey, young brother, um, this is what you're missing out on. This is what you need to do. My life would have changed. Um, so I don't want no young person to go through what I've been through. The counselors didn't call me in the office and say, hey, you need to take the SAT. You need to take the ACT. What college are you going to? 
none of my college, none of my uh, counselors told me that. Uh, my coaches didn't tell me that. Actually, they were probably shocked. Um, but it was uh, the coaches that was really looking, trying to get me, Tarleton, Midwestern, Harden, Baylor, uh, and past coaches that I moved on to other schools uh, that still looked out for a couple of us. Uh, but I still didn't know the value of, okay, I had a scholarship offer, so what? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, college wasn't a big thing uh, at my age during my time. Uh, and that was in 92. And so um, once I experienced life and went to the military and experienced life, and I'm like, man, what if someone would have told me? So I don't want no young person to go through what I've been through. Yeah, sports is a way that they can get a scholarship to uh, build a solid foundation for their family, to build a legacy, to have some peace, uh, to allow uh, their wives to be comfortable, to allow their children to uh, participate in activities. Um, I want to be able to help them uh, do that. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know historically, Maceo Smith is a Dallas ISD school, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And he said 1992, which would be a few years after that historical Carter team. <laughs> so right. football in the Metroplex was a huge thing. So for those of you who were trying to figure out if his coaches weren't pushing him to get scholarships and all of the things, how was the how were these schools from the UCLA's, the Notre Dame's, the Tall's, how were they looking at this kid from Dallas? as a athlete but that's because at the time football athletes were coming from dallas way higher than they were coming from anywhere else so the schools were here and i try to tell parents like i actually did compare this i was talking with another coach and we were talking to a parent about this and he was like well my kid doesn't he's not making the tapes and he doesn't really get a ton of playing time at his high school. He gets some, but he's not a lot. And I was like, right now, the DFW in basketball is how it was in the late, early, early 90s in football. That's right. If your son is able to play D1 basketball and he plays at a Dallas ISD school, the coach will find him because they are at every game. I haven't been to a DISD game where there were kids playing who were capable of playing high-level D1 basketball that didn't have scouts in the stands. And I've been to quite a few games this year so far. And so it's amazing to me that you said you were, you were as a student, you were getting those offer letters, you were getting scholarship offers. You had some coaches who were pushing you, but not a ton. And you chose to go to the military. What took you, what drew you to the military? Well, um, and even the coach that was looking out for me, they, um, and again, I was, I was pretty much set my home. I have guys, you know, your boys on the team and, um, you know, they was in a situation where they had kids, uh, a son or a daughter, and they was, you know, if I don't get a scholarship, I don't know what I'm going to do. I still didn't understand the impact of that statement. Um, I didn't have no kids, you know, I was still naive. Um, and again, you know, people give me compliments like, whoa, whoa. But I didn't know the value. I was still naive. Um, and so when I went, um, 
to the military, the thing that took me there was I was in the ROTC. And being in ROTC, uh, I had a group of buddies that was going to the Marine Corps. And hey, man, you might become the Marines. You know, let come join us. And, you know, of course, at the time, you know, the old, uh, the thing that they was using to recruit was you can still send money home, get money to pay for college while serving your country. And so they got me. I'm like, okay, cool. I can send money back to my mom, still go to the military. And uh, when I got in, I knew I made a mistake. Well, I thought I made a mistake. I know God don't, you know, make a mistake, but I thought I made a mistake. Um, you know, my mom would write letters telling me that, you know, college is still called and still was wanting me. Um, she would cry when we got that one phone call at the, you know, third, six week because my letters made, I made sure I let her know I wasn't happy. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be there, but um I went because of the guys, the, uh, my friends, and I thought it was the best chance for me to give back to my mom and look out to her. And I knew I wanted to go to college, uh, but I didn't know that sports could have got me there or the impact it could have played on me. I did not know that. Uh, so I took the military route. Right. You said God don't make mistakes, and he don't. But sometimes we do. Yes, yes. And, yes, I, yes. and I done chose to put myself in some situations where I said, <laughs> this this can't possibly be part of God's plan. This this don't feel right at all. <laughs> but you, so what are some of the things that you learned? Because a lot of people feel like when you go to the military, if you don't retire as part of the military, you didn't really put in the effort. You didn't really get to learn. What are some of the things you learned in your stint in the, with the military? One, uh, the value of parents, uh, nothing against my parents. Um, but I knew when I went into the military, I took the recruiter's word mm -hmm. and right off the bat, um, they got me, you know, uh, I went in at the open, open MOS, uh, which they told me, oh, don't worry about it. You go in as this, you're going to get your computer job. Um, and it, it was totally incorrect. And so I got missed around and I had an attitude. I had an attitude about that. And one thing that the military, the second thing that the, uh, and because of that, I wished I had someone that was there with me. The second thing it taught me was right away, I heard the same words before. Uh, and that was, you're a leader. If you lose the attitude, you can run the whole thing. I didn't understand that because being where I'm from, um, if someone made you mad, you just handled it, you know, through physical altercation. <laughs> um, and I thought it was a natural way of life. I thought it was a natural way of life. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't natural uh, once I got out into the military. And I heard that also in ROTC that stated that uh, the commander told me if I was there uh, two years earlier, just two years earlier, my senior year, uh, he told me that I've been running everything there. Uh, and of course, I was the captain of the football team. Uh, but he, they shared with me when I got in the military, the same thing. And I was one of the guys that was always chosen for certain things. Um, so it taught me that life don't work off of physical altercations. And it also taught me that it's okay 
to know that you don't know everything. And so when I met, I met some awesome brothers. Uh, it let me know that the East Coast uh, men was different than the South men. Uh, they was educated. Uh, they was about investments. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't, you know, aware of that. And so it let me know that there are some good men out there as well. And I took that with me by leaving the military. I had uh, investments. I had mutual funds, uh, bonds. I had accounts, money in, you know, my accounts. Um, so the military actually allowed me uh, a safe way to grow up. It was kind of like playing freeze tag. Mm -hmm. you, you, you get on the base, they can't touch you. And so the military allowed me to grow up in that way uh, where I made my mistakes, but they couldn't touch me. So I had time to grow up. Right. Uh, so the military allowed me that time to grow up and mature uh, as I got into life. And uh, so I, I appreciate the military afterwards um, for allowing me that time. See, I love that you said that you learned in the military, which means you were an adult, that physical altercations weren't the way to solve problems. Because as someone who's taught high school and then the last two years I spent as a behavior specialist or restorative practices specialist, I had to work with kids who didn't, who came from backgrounds where if you had a problem with someone, you fought it out. And then y'all were good. Like there was no more problem. And so in their head, the fight wasn't the end of the relationship because we can't literally, we can't go anywhere. I have to see you tomorrow because <laughs> our neighborhood is that small that if we tried to fight every time we saw each other, we would be fighting every day for the rest of our lives. So we yeah. fight and then the problem is solved. that's just the way to end the, the argument. It's yeah. not that I hate you. It's not that I dislike you even. It's just, we disagree, so we're going to fight. And whoever wins the fight is right in the disagreement. <laughs> and I've had to explain to kids, you can't take that mentality anywhere else and be successful. So how do you get that message across now as an educator and as a coach? Um, the good thing is I I, I challenge them with um, adversity um, in class. I, I make my lesson plans uh, and I, I teach PE health. And so even in my PE, I give them a lesson. We, we, we have a class assignment and then we, within that class assignment, we go through a physical activity. And with that physical activity, there is always a twist. So for instance, um, if I'm talking about the brain, the power of the brain, and how running affects the brain, how it benefits uh, the brain. I may throw this in there. So I would share with them, all right, I'll break them up in teams. So automatically they thinking we're about to compete. And I would share with them the first team that make 20 laps wins as long as we do it by 6.50 p.m. Everybody ready? If you don't make it, Everybody going to run 50 laps come the next time you're in my class. And all of a sudden, they're panicking. They like, come on, come on, we got this. And they rushing and blah, blah, blah. And then they boom. And I look at them and I'm just, you know, and they always know now that it's a twist. But after it's over, I would share with them, what was my instruction? They would share, they would read. And I said, no, no, no. 
say it word by word. What's my instruction? The first team to run 20 laps win. As long as we run by 6.50 p.m. Are you in my class at 6.50 p.m.? No. So was that a true statement? <gasps> oh, so we ran for nothing. I said, ah, but what threw you off? 50 laps. I said, that's it. The reason why you fail tests a lot of time is because you do not read the instructions fully or clearly. There is nothing that your brain cannot handle. Do not let the fear of certain words keep you from understanding the question. You may hate essays, so automatically you just lost your mind. However, it might be an essay on basketball. Guess what? That's your favorite sport. That's nothing to you. But because you heard essay, all of a sudden you stress, you have anxiety. So I, I try to put my lesson plans kind of like that to start teaching how to handle situations, adverse situations. When it comes to ball playing, I, I share with uh, my team and my players, individuals, is that this is adversity. It's about development. When you get in a situation, you're in control. If you're an A student, guess what? Can nobody stop you as long as you develop it. But if you're a C student, guess what? You're going to struggle. So I try to use that same philosophy of what parents do uh, because I share with them. I can tell you if I'm going to the playoffs based on my first grade uh, progress report. If the teacher is telling me that eight of my players are missing assignments, I'm not going to no state championship. We're not mature enough. You know, that's the kid that's behind, that's, that don't show up on time to practice, that don't want to stay out to practice, that have an excuse for every mistake he make. Mm -hmm. And so even when uh, teaching my basketball players with, uh, you know, Morgan, with the organization, with those kids there, um, I share with them, don't get mad. Learn how to use your mind. Figure it out. I said, what happened? What can you do? Oh, I say, ah, you already worked on it. You already learned it, huh? Yep. I said, don't forget, use your mind. Just use your mind. I got your back. You're going to make a mistake, but guess what? They don't mean that you got it wrong. Figure it out again. I got your back. Keep Absolutely. doing it. You know, and I, I think that's the one thing right now uh, why a lot of young people get bothered. Uh, they're afraid of making a mistake and front of peers mm -hmm. um, and even when they do it quietly they want it kept quiet mm -hmm. if it's been brought to the spotlight they get a little you know hyper uh, but I share with them it's okay and so I make sure that we create an environment that we don't laugh or giggle you know so I have a zero tolerance for bullying um, and so that allows them to grow um, and it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool, uh, on both fronts in a, in a sports scene, uh, even in the classroom, you know, uh, it's, it's both bro, especially with young men. Even when I, uh, was training football, doing football, uh, it was very awesome because young men, one of the main gifts that we have is the ability to learn, but to also the only thing that counters that 
is if we have not been corrected. And that's what, unfortunately, um, the young men, I thank God that the, the moms would tell us, hey, we can come get them out the bed. So we used to go get them out the bed. But when you have a parent that um, keep them hugged up, I'm going to say it nicely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's a kid that have not, that cannot take constructive criticism because their parents won't allow them to. So therefore, that learning process, it keeps them behind. They're athletic, they're smart, but they're behind because they cannot accept constructive criticism because they'll shy away from it. They'll run away from it. Some of the classes, you're wondering, why are you late to class? They're getting ready to have a test that day. Mm -hmm. You know, and so uh, I just try to counter it uh, by teaching that violence is not the answer, by teaching them how strong they are. Yeah. And you hit on something that I think is super important. I was taught really early um, from my mom first and then from my dad. And you know my dad. He's a basketball coach, and he's not an easy person to play for. Yeah. And <laughs> and to say that he's he got easier over the years. So when I played for him, <laughs> it was significantly worse than when some other people played for him. But I got taught very early that you should be yelled at when you make a mistake. You should be corrected. You should have your problem. I don't want to say solved, but someone should chastise you when you've done something wrong. Otherwise, you won't learn. Right. Like, how do you know if it's wrong if no one tells you it's wrong? We can't praise you for losing. You did something to lose. Right. So we have to figure out why you lost and fix it. And in basketball, that's usually a pretty obvious statement. I can tell you why you lost this basketball game. And sometimes the answer was they're better than you, which may mean you need to work harder outside of the game. It may not be something you did in the game. It may be something you did in practice. But this is why you need to wake up before school to run, because in the fourth quarter, they, were they weren't tired and you were. This is why you need to be doing push-ups, like I told you every night, because they were throwing you around like a rag doll. <laughs> but from an early age, my mom instilled into us if you aren't putting in work after school and before school, your grades in school won't be that good. You're not like her goal was to make sure I could read before I got to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So when I got to kindergarten, I was the only person who could read. I was astonished <laughs> because I like my mom. We did hooked on phonics every night from the time I was three until I started school. We read a book every night from the time I was three until I was, I mean, I may have been 10 when she stopped making me sit at the table with her to read a book. It was an absolute requirement. And if I pronounced the word wrong, she would tell me right then, no, go back, sound that out. Right away, there was no. And so when I got into school, one thing teachers would say all the time is he takes criticism well. Well, because y'all not telling me nothing I ain't heard at home. And when I get it at home, it's after my mom worked all day, came home, cleaned, cooked, and now she's correcting my grammar. And it's not her job. And she told me how to pronounce those sounds yesterday. And we just listened to Hooked on Phonics. So she's frustrated. And those words didn't come out as nice 
as the words that she was speaking on the phone during the day at her customer service job. It's I'm not getting the same woman y'all are getting. <laughs> and so I understood early construct criticism when someone's correcting you, it's not because they don't like you. It's because they want you to do better. They have higher expectations for you. I feel like that's something just in my last few years of coaching. And it almost made me when my last group graduated last year, I didn't go find new kids. And I said, I'm, I, I may be done coaching because what I had started to recognize is that parents don't, don't always, and there are some parents who still are good, but there's a lot of parents who don't want you to correct their child. And I'm like, but how am I supposed to get them better if I don't tell them what they're doing wrong or if I have to sugarcoat what it is they're doing wrong? And so how is how do you circumvent that both as a coach and again, as an educator, someone who works with kids? How do you circumvent just kids not being able to take criticism? Yeah, school is school is kind of easier for me uh, because I don't deal with the parents a lot. Um, so with the kids, I'm always hello. How you doing? When they time they walk up, we give them high fives, you know, uh, every time I see them, see them, I say hello. So I build a, a good relationship, you know, um, I try to build a good relationship and say, hello, how are you doing? And if they're struggling, you know, uh, and the truth of the matter, I think I build a better relationship when we go over to class assignment, you know, uh, I'm listening to their ideas and teaching them something that they like, whoa, I didn't know this. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. And, you know, for instance, I, I share with them, if I was a health science teacher, Guys, trust me, it'd been awesome because there's science project you can teach, you mm -hmm. know. And so I shared with them, matter of fact, a science project just the other day uh, about the power of the mind, how your brain cells are all through your body, electricity. And so they thought that was cool. Oh, look, it works. And so those little things there allow me to build a relationship where when I get on a person, I see I see their faces, you know, they kids, you know, and it always hurts a, an adult. Uh, but because we have that relationship, they understand that, yeah, coach is right. And a lot of times after that, they beat me to it. They know exactly what I'm about. To, I stand for what I, what I look for, you know, um, as far as the parents at the school, they may comment, you know, they'll comment and say some things, but they never come to my class, you know, open invitation all the time. And, you know, it, it's, Unfortunately, that's that's uh, you know something that teachers actually wish that we had, because uh, for example, you know they'll say, "Wow, they need to get control of the classroom." Well, what you're saying, I need to pull my belt out and turn your son or daughter up. You know, every every parent don't agree with that. You're trying to say that I need to talk to your child a little crazy. Every parent don't agree with that. Why don't you come talk to me about your child? Mm -hmm. Because you may be my answer. <laughs> right. But anyway, that's another story. But so the good thing about it is I build a relationship uh, at the school. And so it's a little easy for me. I can, I can get on a butt. Um, with my basketball team at the school, uh, I have a family meet, a parent meeting. And in that parent meeting, I share with them what I'm about to discipline, my disciplinary actions, every one of them. And I share with them then, if you disagree, you feel free to take your child off the team because these things are going to happen if these things happen. So these are my consequences. 
And so every parent knows this. Um, and so they, you know, so once they decide, oh, we for it, you know, whether you for it or not, I'm just letting you know this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, in the organization, it's different because it's as she stated, you know, the parents are the ones that drop them off. The parents sometimes are the ones, especially when they come to game time, their child not playing. Uh, but one of the things that I share with them that I look at is if I can get on your child and your child still asking questions, I don't care where she is development wise or he, I want that kid because you got a character that's, that's hard to find. You can take a constructive criticism and still stay focused and learn and want to learn. So I tell a parent right off the bat, I want your baby. I love your baby. Now the one that, you know, break down and always going to, you know, the mom or dad or, you know, uh, I have to share with my uh, other coaches, you know, who coach our boys team, uh, fourth and third grade. And our boys are in the second grade. And you know how hard it is mm-hmm. at that age. And I share when I said, coach, it's going to take you about two years. And it's not going to be you. It's going to be the dads. When it comes to boys at this age, the hardest thing about building a, a boys team is not the mom, it's the dads. The dads are still in the the child's life, which is a great thing. And because the dads are in their life, they have a lot of personal uh, (laughs) pride or comments Mm -hmm. and things of that nature, you know. So I have to share with him that it's not not him. And he done seen it already since last June. He done seen it four times already, four examples, you know. And so... um, when it, when it comes to parents with their children, I, I share with them right off the bat, uh, I understand your expectation may be different from mine's, and it's okay if you take your child. You don't have to tell me why. You know, I just appreciate you just let me know, hey, we're not going to be with you no more, and that's great, but you don't have to tell me why. It's okay, you know, and a lot of parents, uh, you know, especially in the uh, area that uh, I'm in, that we're in, uh, they don't, my coaching style is different, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I don't get a lot of players, you know, uh, and that's, that's okay. That's, that's okay. But one thing they do, and I have to share with my older girls is that everyone that comes to our organization because of you, they want to be like you. Their parents want their baby to be like you. They just don't know what you go through, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the same with their babies. They babies having fun until they got to run. Right. <laughs> time they got to run, that fun cuts out and parents, you know, they go their separate ways. And that's okay with me. That's totally all right. Um, but I, I share with them, allow your child to stay in sports. I didn't put my children in sports so they can go to the NBA or college scholarship. This allows me to see who my child is. Are they paying attention? If if the coach is telling them something, and he have to tell them two or three times, my my child have a my child a little hard headed or something. Mm-hmm. You know that lets me know that he doing it at church, he doing it at school. You know this allowed me to get the chance to see him. If he's able to communicate, it allows me to hear like man, he got little, he can talk. Wow, he speak well. That's creative. Okay, I like that. That's what I put my child in sports for because there are different coaches. There are different ways. I need for I need to see my child and be able to learn who my child is. 
and how how I can help them as a parent. And so that's why I put them in sports, you know. And I, I show with parents all the time. It's no secret to coaching. The truth is, if you have your child there, they're going to get better. The key is now if you are there, because if you're not there, they're going to do what they want to do. And so this year, for instance, I have a little field grade team, which is mostly fourth graders, but I share with the parents, this year we're learning what practice is about. That's our whole development. I don't go to game day to teach you what you should already know. This is what practice for. So I share with parents, if you're not at practice and your baby don't get in the game, you're going to be mad at me. But you're not, but you're going to be mad because you're missing out at practice. So if you haven't been to practice and your baby don't get in, please do not talk to me about playing time because I'm going to call you out on your parenting because I'm teaching them that you need to ask questions and practice. You need to come in and compete and practice. I'm teaching them this now. That's our whole key. And so they understand, but I have to make sure I explain that to them uh, because I don't want to run into that type of behavior, you know? And so I have a, a nice small group of good kids. We have about eight, eight players. Uh, we can get more, but I have a committed eight. So I'm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky, you know, I'm lucky. Uh, but at the same yes. time, that that's the way I, I teach it. Um, I have to hold the parents responsible. Um, if, and the sad thing about it is if a child do not want to learn, they have a problem when it comes to sports, um, most of the time their parent kind of remove them, mm -hmm. you know, or their parent already say, hey, they're yours. And when they know that they're mine, I treat them just like that. And um, they become family. You know, but it's, you said a key thing, parent, when you talk about your mom, and that's the key, the parent has to be okay. If the parent is not okay with it, uh, I'm going to be honest, after the season, unless they do some major during the season, but after the season, I don't want them back. I don't I don't invite them back uh, because one bad apple, as you know, uh, could ruin the tree. And so I don't invite them back and I let them know why. And I share with my coaches this. I say, it's okay to let a kid go. Mm -hmm. Because when you do, the parent going to go to that next organization and they're going to do everything that coach have them to do. Guess what? The same thing that coach have them to do is the same thing you, you, you stood for. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do it all because you told them no. You cut them. And so that parent may use it as motivation. We're going to show him. But guess what? All it does is benefit the kids. Mm -hmm. That's it. The parent are now involved. They're down having their baby at practice on time. And so it benefits the kid. But if you continue to have that kid there and you know that parent is not right and you should cut them, you're wrong. You got to let that kid go so the parent can wake up, you know, and let that parent, after a couple of no's, sooner or later, the parent, you know, has to turn around, you know? And again, they, they're they not going to even realize they just, we're going to get him when we play them. Mm -hmm. You know what? You can do that all day for me. As long as that baby is at practice where they supposed to be, you know, that's your motivation. That's totally fine, sister. And they're never going to come back and tell you, coach, you're right until two or three years later when they right. find out that organization, you know what I mean? They right. always try to come back, you know, but other than that, 
you know, I'm, I'm totally fine. Yeah. See, you, you said a few things that I, that I like, I know I, as a coach, I learned along the way. And I feel like there should be more, especially, especially now, because I'm sure you see it the same way I see it. There's so many basketball organizations and y'all can't see my air quotes, but basketball organizations <laughs> just popping up people everybody believes they can start their own basketball program. And just because you played basketball in middle school does not mean you can coach and hold your own program. It's hard. It's not, it's not fun most of the time and it will cost you money. You do not make money running a basketball organization at the low level. You lose money running a basketball organization. I have lost tens of thousands <laughs> at this point i may have even lost hundreds of thousands of dollars don't forget to coaching oh <laughs> because i i tell people all the time i drove a kia forte <laughs> i got an suv that has a third row that can fit eight people because i was driving around six footers in my kia forte <laughs> not because i needed an suv so now I have to drive my SUV to work because on Saturdays and Sundays, I have to come pick up other people's kids. But that what when I started coaching, I didn't realize that the hardest part of coaching was actually parent management. And I got, I was probably in my third year coaching when I finally asked the dad, a dad was standing on the, side, on the other side of the court at a game. I called a timeout. I walked over and I said, you are more than welcome to come coach, but you got to come to practice first because you are yelling out the exact opposite instructions that I have given them. And you're not even confusing me. You confusing them, your child and not just your child. All the other kids are now looking at you trying to figure out whether they should listen to me or listen to you. But I was at practice. I have a plan. I'm the one getting paid to be here to coach. And you just standing on the side. If you believe you know more than me, I want what's best for the kids. By all means, take my spot. <laughs> you can plan the practice. You can, but you can't do that and only show up sometimes. <laughs> and that parent gave me zero issues, and no other parent gave me zero issues. Yes. And I, it wasn't to embarrass that parent. It was just I'm putting in the work. Mm -hmm. I may be wrong. I'm not perfect. I, if I was a perfect coach, I would be coaching NBA players for millions of dollars, not coaching fifth graders for negative money. Right. <laughs> but you, you not even at practice. You don't know what the game plan is. You don't know what we talked about in the huddle. You don't know what was said in the timeout. But as soon as your kid touched the ball, you're talking about shoot. <laughs> but maybe your kid not supposed to shoot. Maybe we holding the ball. Maybe we just working through a play this time. Yeah. Maybe somebody else supposed, maybe we trying to get little Johnny a shot this time. Yeah. And I know we losing, but we, we down 30. We not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Like we down 30 and they ain't played. They starters all game. We going to lose this one. Maybe <laughs> you should just let me let's, let's work on improvement. Mm -hmm. Maybe we, maybe, or maybe we up 30 and we only going left. That's why your kid ain't took no right-hand layups. 
but you have no idea because you weren't at practice. You're not in the huddle. You're not trying to volunteer your time. You just, you drop them off and you take off and then you come pick them up. Or you call me and ask me if I can take them off. And a lot of parents do that. And so I put in, after that year, I put in, I said, if you, any parent who wants to is welcome to sit on the bench, welcome to participate in practice, welcome to come. We can have coaches meetings before and after practice and before and after games so that we all on the same page. But you can't just show up for games. You have to be at the practice. <laughs> if you are at the practice, if you're not at practice, you have to be a fan. I have, I'm a season, I'm a Dallas Maverick season ticket holder. I don't, from my seat in the section, in the 300 section, I don't yell and tell Jason Kidd to do nothing. <laughs> because I'm not at practice. I don't have no idea what their instructions are. I can't hear them in the timeout. I can kind of see hand motions. My job as a fan is to cheer on the team. That's what a parent's job is to do. Cheer mm -hmm. on the team. And if you don't want to cheer on this team, go find another team that you want to cheer on. And if you don't like mine, it, I don't have no hurt feelings. I can give you the names of coaches. And I've told parents that, and parents don't believe me until they test me. I had a kid, we we won a tournament. And this is what really gets parents about me, because you've seen me coach. I don't care about the $3 trophy that you get at the end. If I have connections with artistic awards and, and all the soccer places, I can go get you a trophy. If all you want is a trophy, I can go buy you one. That's not what I'm in this for. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. If your goal is to get to college, I'm trying to help you get to college. If your goal is to get to high school varsity, I'm trying to get you to high school varsity. If your goal is just to learn teamwork and participation, I'm trying to get you to learn teamwork and participation. Whatever your goal is, I'm going to help you reach that goal. So we mm -hmm. won a tournament. But at the end of our game, we're up. I mean, we may be up like 25. We destroyed the kids in this tournament. It's the best team I ever coached. Destroy. And I mean, off of that team, we had 11 players on that team. All 11 went to college. Nine of them went to college on basketball scholarships. And one went on a on a football scholarship. He's at SMU right now. Or two went on football scholarships. One's at Kansas, one's at SMU. Yeah. Um, and then seven went on basketball scholarships and one went on an academic scholarship. And he's about to graduate to become a teacher. So it was a good team, a smart team, a mature team. We were killing teams because everybody was at practice. Everybody was on one accord. The last three minutes of the game, we may have had nine turnovers. And I and I went, I mean, I went off on them. Called a timeout. It's 15 seconds left. We up 20. I called a timeout. This is embarrassing. This is not how we're supposed to be playing. What are y'all doing? These are the, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be working on this, this. It'd be different if y'all were trying to improve and work on something. Y'all out there showing off. Y'all embarrassing yourselves, trying to embarrass the other team. Y'all are talking trash. I think we got three technicals in the last 45 seconds. I, this, this is not what I'm here for. Yeah. And one of the parents came yelling across the, Yelling across, I mean, we supposed to be taking pictures. How you yelling at these kids? We supposed to be, we winning. Ain't that what we here for? No, 
That's not what we're here for. <laughs> if you want the trophy that bad, you can have it. I don't want to take I don't need no more trophies at home. <laughs> I don't have space. I don't have a trophy case. These trophies that I get are sitting in a box somewhere. I, you can have to be completely. She said, you know, if we're not about winning, I'll go find the coach. I said, I can, I can find you coaches. Yeah. If you just want to win games, I have coaches in my phone who are all about winning. Yeah. That's not what my organization is about. And I'll have nothing. Those are my friends. I'll go have drinks with them. We'll go have dinner. I talk yeah. to them. I, I get into business with them. But that's not what my organization is about. Mm-hmm. When a kid from my organization gets to the point where he needs to be worried about winning, because there is a level where you need to be worried about winning. Sure. The level of kids I work with, that ain't the level. I'm working with developmental kids. My Most sure. of my players want to make their high school team. If you're trying to make college teams or your plan is to go to the NBA, yeah, you need to be worried about winning. You need to be on the the high-level teams, the, the EYBL teams, the Adidas teams. Yeah. But I know those coaches. Just when I think you at that level, I'll give you their number and I'll push you to them. You don't have to wait. You don't have to ask me. You don't have to t- down-talk me to get there. Yeah. I will give you to them because I want what's best for your kid. But I also know what that level looked like. And if your kid's not at that level, I'm not going to send you to them and embarrass myself by sending them somebody I know not ready. And I don't want to embarrass your kid. But if you think that's where you are and you're going to tell me that's where you are, <laughs> well, let me give you their number so that you can go to their practice. And I gave that pass. I said, listen, if that's what you want, fine. It's six coaches right here. I gave her the number that day. She made a whole post about me on Facebook, shared it, talked about how I wasn't in it for the kids and I don't care about winning and I'm trying to bring the kids down. And she went to another organization and I I called all the coaches. Look, I gave this parent your number. The kid is a phenomenal athlete. He still needs work in these areas. But if you, if you have space for him and you have the time to put in the work with these areas, he could be something one day because he is he's he's faster than everybody, jump higher, strong, and the kid wants to work. Yeah. I would ban the mama from practice, but you may want to see who she is first. That's <laughs> up to you. I let every coach know, every coach, oh, tell them to come on. Five of the six coaches the next day was like, oh no, we we don't want him. We he went to two practices, he went to two tryouts that next day and those coaches let us know that we don't want him so he can come back to you no he can't (laughs) come back to me he he can't come back to me he said he wanted to be on another team he was following in his mama footsteps he he wanted to do the winning and he wanted so he got to go to one of y'all he found a coach one of the coaches was like fine i'll take him and i'll just work with him and we'll figure it out it wasn't six months before that parent came back and was like, well, I apologize because I was just upset. I didn't realize this, that, and the third. And he go to that team and that coach don't even play him and he don't get no playing time. Look, I I would love to take him back, but we don't have no more uniforms left. 
His spot is <laughs> his spot is taken. We are a developmental team, and you said this is your. You can't come back here if your goal is about winning the game at the tournament. I get that that's important to some people. But just to break a secret for all the coaches that are out there, all the coaches that are that are playing in these tournaments, if you're a new coach, if the tournament is free, like it ain't it ain't no registration fee, it don't matter whether you win or lose. Ain't nobody watching them scores. Because they not – I've score kept them tournaments. They're not keeping stats. Yeah. Oh, they not they not recording videos. They don't know what those kids did after the game was over. Right. If that if that coach from that college don't have a player playing in that tournament, and when I say a player, I mean they niece, they nephew, they son, they daughter, mm-hmm. they're not recruiting at these free tournaments. You know that <laughs> where, where they recruiting at the tournaments that cost fifteen hundred dollars. Yep. The Nike EYBL tournaments, the Adidas, the uh, those hot and those teams, either your child is playing for free and they're getting flown places and they're, they're paying for transportation and paying hotel rooms or you're paying eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah, you pay some money. If your coach is charging you one fifty a month, you shouldn't be worried about winning and losing tournaments. Is your child having fun and is your child getting better? Yep. That's, That's what you true. should be worried about. Yep. And yep. a lot of these parents don't understand that. And when you tell them that, they get offended. Like, oh, my kid's better. No, your kid's not better <laughs> than that. And that's okay. There's a million kids playing youth basketball right now. It ain't a million spots in college teams. And I'm talking D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO. It's not a million spots, but it's a million kids playing youth basketball. No one's going to ask you where they were ranked in fourth grade. No one cares. No one wants to see their TikTok highlight tape from when they were in second grade. No one cares. You know what they want? Because a lot of those kids, there's a few kids who got really famous in second and third and fourth grade. They're not in the NBA. You know. They didn't play D1 in college. It just you don't is. You hear what it most is. of them in college. You only hear about most of them in college. You don't. And it and a lot of that is the parents, not the kids. Because if the parents say, get off TikTok and learn how to hit a wide open jump, it's great that you can dribble with all the 60 dribble combinations. <laughs> but I go to basketball games, you're not using 60 dribble combinations. If you dribble 60 times in one possession, you will get subbed out. Yeah. Period. That's what it will look like. Yeah. If you watch NBA and they say, well, Kyrie does it, Steph do it. No, they don't. What game are you watching? They don't. When Steph is open, he shoots. He doesn't dribble. Mm-hmm. If the guy closes out, he dribbles just as many times as he needs to, not as he wants to. He's not dribbling for fun. Mm-hmm. Wanna know why? Because the next possession down, Steph's gonna get the ball again. And he can't dribble. And there's one Steph on each team. It ain't five and six Stephs. Yeah. Is one guy on the team who can dribble however many times they want. Yeah. Everybody else is getting where you fit in. So if you really want to play pro, go get you. Instead of putting $1,500 a month into a basketball team, put $1,500 a month into a shooting machine and get you a goal in the backyard. Learn how to shoot a jump shot just wide open. And yeah. then that guy who want to dribble 15 times, when they triple team him because they know he's going to dribble, dribble 15 times, you can just pick up the loose ball and make a jump shot. <laughs> it is what it is. You'll be fine. That'll be impressive. I promise. 
<laughs> and then try hard on defense. Yeah. And you can go make six figures somewhere playing hard on defense, making a wide open jump shot. But mm-hmm. parents don't want to hear that. No. And so, sorry, that's my soapbox as a coach. Because, right. Right. <laughs> and that's only, I didn't care all last summer because I had decided I was done coaching. But then this summer I said, I'm going to start, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do at least one more season because I have one more group of kids that I got as fourth grade, third graders, and they're about to graduate high school. And I said, I'm going to do this group. And then if I have to do any more groups after this, I'm going back to kindergarten, first grade, and I'm going to work my way up again. Because these high school kids are something different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are. They are. So, but when you look at the basketball landscape, when you look at the landscape of just children in general and this next generation of kids, what is something, because I, a lot of us can talk about the negative. I just spent a long time talking about the negative. <laughs> what is something positive that you see just in this newest generation of kids that hasn't been seen in this in generations prior? I'll tell you what, I was at a tournament, Martin uh, Luther King weekend, girls tournament, uh, the NRT, and I was so impressed uh, with the skill level of youth girls now. You know, I remember uh, about four or five years ago, fourth grade or fifth grade girls, they were fumbling the ball. These babies here now, they're d up. They're making good passes. They're looking up. Uh, they're dribbling. They, I mean, they, they laid it up, you know. And I was so excited that it was so many teams of good young ladies playing good. You didn't see the fumbling. You, you didn't hear the ref calling travel or walk. You know, I, w- I was just so excited. Um, it, it really got me excited looking at the development level now at, at youth sports, at these young ladies, the way they're dribbling, the way they're using their pivots, the way they're moving their feet, the way they're seeing the court, uh, the way they're passing. You know, uh, man, it, it's they're passing the ball more unselfish than boys are. And um, it, it just, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. For the youth sports. That's it exactly. I, I hoped you would say that, but I have noticed, and it's so I know you are a humble guy, and so you're not gonna take no credit, <laughs> but it's to the credit of guys like you. Um, just off the top of my head, I can think you, Coach Green, Corey Green, uh Prescott Mack, yeah, um, Deontay Harper, Sammy Walker. A lot of guys who take these girls, I don't coach girls. Girl, girls <laughs> have emotions that I'm just not willing to deal with on a regular basis. And I don't even yell. I just, I don't want to deal. Girls will click up real quick. But if you go to a third grade girls game now, girls don't miss layups anymore. There was a point in time where if you wanted to make sure girls were making layups, you had to wait till they got to high school. Third and fourth grade girls don't miss layups no more. Left hand, right hand, they can all dribble. They are girls have always played better basketball than boys. Boys are more exciting, but girls have always you get if you can keep a group of five or six girls for longer than one year, you're gonna get good basketball. The DC Queens have been doing it for years. There's a point in time where the Lady Big Dogs did it for years. 
the stallions had a group that did it for three or four years together. Like their girls will get together, play no pride. If you go back way in the, their gr- girls will get together <laughs> and play amazing basketball. Yeah. But they were always middle school and high school girls. But you, you can go to a tournament now and see a group of third grade girls. And before, if you had a third grade girl who was good, she had to play with the boys. Yeah, she couldn't play with other girls because she would throw it and they'd hit them in the face. So she dribble and she she would get fifty points because no one could stay in front of her, yeah. or they would just throw the ball to her and she didn't have to play defense. <laughs> now, girls have good like it's it's seven or eight good girls playing on a court at one time. And that is the biggest change. And I think that's come from, that's one of the positive things of if you don't start your kids early, they don't have a chance of making college or definitely professional basketball. If your kid isn't able to dribble and understand basketball by five or six, and they not going to be six, 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 seven, six, eight, six, nine, and that's boys or girls. They don't have a chance. You you can hang it up right then. They are playing just for fun at this point. That's right. So that's I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Glad, if I could tap onto that, because I'm glad you mentioned that, because most parents, here's here's that part that's real that they'll see before even school, is that if you're waiting until they get in the sixth grade or fifth grade, first, you cannot join, your daughter can't join every team. Is she not already six foot? There's not, there's no development teams like that. Mm-hmm. And so your daughter got to start off at a PC, PSA or some type of rec league. And so she's already behind, you know? So most parents don't, don't realize that, that it's not that we're saying just making it a college or things of that nature. It's different levels to basketball mm-hmm. that parents are not, they don't have their eyes open to, you know? And especially girls, because they're not like boys. They miss two weeks. You could tell the difference, mm-hmm. you know. And so that piece that you just stated is so important because I have players that come out. And, like, even now, we went 16U because last year, our seventh grade, we played 15U. So now we go 16U. And, you know, I'm always about development. I'm like, you know, I don't care about the wins, about development. And so we have older girls uh, but the truth of the matter is, old girls' fundamentals are, are just, oh, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it made me want to do trials again. But I realized that girls that's already 15, 16, well, 14, 15, 16, and 17, they're already on the team and they're not going nowhere. Right. All those that can ball, you know, so the ones that I have to get, I have to look at first the maturity because development, I want your development, but the truth of the matter is you're a sophomore. You should not be looking for another team. Your coach ain't going to let you go. You should already mm-hmm. be on the top team. You know, and I share that parents all the time. Uh, so I, I just want to add that on because most parents think, oh, the high school coach don't like me or the college. No, you're not getting it. You would probably make the high school JV a freshman and work your way up possibly. But the truth of the matter is there's different levels. And even when you wait sixth grade year, it's not that there's not a team in your area. They're just not a rec team mm-hmm. in your area to teach your daughter, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that's something that I think parents miss out on. 
are we going to wait until a couple more years and and let her dance? Your baby's still falling over her feet. You still mm -hmm. got her dance, you know, thinking she's going to, okay, all right, you know. But, you know, I'm, I'm one thing that I'm a, uh, that you stated about the parents a little while ago is, one, I share with my coaches, I can, you can never stop a parent from leaving. So I don't, I don't crown that. I don't ask them back. You know, I, I'm not going to go and ask you why you leaving. I don't do that, you know, because we've been in it too long. Some people got a good mouthpiece marketing. I don't have that. If you don't see the benefit of what you have here, Hey, I get it. There's nothing I could do for you, you know, but best believe you're not going to be one that able to come back. There's only one that um that I will allow to come back in my time. But the the rest, I I never, and it's nothing against them, you know. It just I know who you are as a parent. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing. So because of you who you are as a parent, I'm not gonna fool with your child. And I cannot bring you in the midst of a teen atmosphere. Because <laughs> parents don't realize your baby's on the team, but you are too. You're on a parent team. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so, but I, I just say that because you hit on something that, you know, if they don't get started a little early, they're, they are going to be behind. But I am glad that basketball is now growing because it was soccer. Then mm -hmm. it was softball. And then it was volleyball and mm -hmm. basketball like last. And so now I'm glad to see that basketball is starting off a little higher. Right. And I don't want people to think I'm saying don't play other sports. I think all athletes, male or female, if you can play soccer, football, and basketball, play soccer, football, and basketball. As a girl, soccer, volleyball, basketball, cheerleading, they all have things. Sports, especially team sports, they coincide. There are things you will learn in soccer that will help you in basketball. Yes. There are things you will learn in volleyball that will help you in basketball. There are things you learn in cheerleading that you that will help you as a basketball player. Yes. But you do have to get to a point where you have to choose. Yes. And you do have to participate. I can't still be teaching you the rules of basketball as a seventh grader. That's right. It is now too late unless you are a certain height or a certain speed or if your dad works at a basketball school or if your dad works at a high school and has access to a gym and can get you into a gym every day for the next four years, then okay, you can still catch up. But if your dad's an accountant and your mom's a social worker and they don't have access to a gym and you can't train five days a week, you can't start in seventh grade. It's too late unless you're already 5'10", 5 5'11", 6 foot. Yeah. And as a boy, six three, six four, six five, that's right, and still growing, not right. capping off at six five. That's right, because it's it's just too late. There's a lot of skills. Everybody can dribble at high school levels now. Yes, everybody. There's not a high school boy that can't dribble. There's yeah. not a high school girl on a varsity team that can't make a wide open layup. That's right. So if your daughter struggles making a wide open layup. You can hang high school varsity right on up because she's not making that team. <laughs> right. She will get cut the first day of tryouts, not the second day. She won't come back the second day. If she's not making five out of ten free throws with good form, she won't be back the second day of tryouts. That's right. 
if the coach says, okay, we're going to work on pick and rolls, and she has to ask what that means, she's not coming back the second day of tryouts. That's right. If the coach says, everybody meet me at the baseline, and she's looking around confused, she's not coming back. And that's a lot of what parents don't understand when they say, oh, well, my kid's not ready for AAU. Getting to play AAU now, and this was something I didn't understand four years ago. Playing AAU early is not about when you're talking second, third, fourth grade. It's not about, oh, I just want my kid to get recognized. It's about, I want my kid playing against the best players, yes. playing under the best coaches, and playing in a way where they have, like the referees aren't going to, they're going to call every travel. Right. So if you dribble, pick the ball up, and then dribble again, it will be a double dribble the first time, not the third time. Right. Because at the rise, and I referee at the rise, at the rise, I'm going to let you do that two or three times at eight. Before I'm like, okay, look, you can't do that. And in the very next play, if you do it again, I'm going to let it go again, and then I'll sell you again. Hey, remember, when you pick the ball up, you can't do it. You have to either pass or shoot. In AAU, they calling it, and they moving on. And your kid has to figure that out on their own, which means the coach has, the coach has to teach that, which means you have to work with your child outside. And that's another thing that there's a lot of kids. And I want to ask you, even before I say this, how much – how hard is it for you as a coach to get parents to work with their kids or to just get kids to work outside of your normal practice time? Um, it's, it's funny. Uh, i give you two answers. With my little ones, uh, for, I keep it fun where I share with parents they want to pick up the basketball. So it's easy for them because they're still excited. You know, I haven't got to the – I haven't held them responsible – responsible yet if that makes sense mm -hmm. uh so they're still we just got a new basketball goal we just bought you know so they're going outside a little early now with my older girls um it's funny because we had voluntary sundays and voluntary sundays because they're in middle school you know high school and things of that nature so just voluntary sundays and nobody showed up except three girls so i asked them uh, when we started mandatory Sundays a week ago, I want you to write me the reason why you was not at voluntary Sundays and how important it was for you to miss it. Share with me that. Because they don't realize that you're already telling me we're going to struggle our first two months in the tournament season. They don't even understand that. But I want them to write it down so they can get it in their head because parents got to understand, even if your baby can dribble, but once she is, 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 is three, I say three different levels. One is the grassroots level all the way to fifth grade. When your baby getting a six and a seventh grade, them girls already know they want to play basketball. So your baby, there's no more free layups, no more. This is even at these little, these, these baby going to you, your baby going to get hit. She don't know how to make a one hand layup. She ain't Especially making a layup. Girl. Girls yeah. will knock you out. Click they not full yes. body, <laughs> all they weight run right into you. You will not get a wide open layup. Exactly. So from six all the way to about eighth, ninth grade, whatever, in some organizations, uh, now them girls know they want to play. But then the next level where we go on a 16 and 17 you, it's another level. 
And that level is once you get 16 and 17, you, they don't care how old that baby is. Every team there have the best of the best. It's not like eighth to seventh grade. You know, they got a team. That's cool. 16 is different. Every last one of them that show up in a jersey can ball. Mm-hmm. They got the best. Of, I don't care if that baby in the ninth grade. That baby in the eighth grade playing on 16 you, you better watch out. That baby, every last one of them is there for a reason. So now while you're missing practice, voluntary, don't you know these girls at 16 and 17 you? They got just more money as your parents. They're making every last one of their practices and they're going to skills and you don't want to go work out. Baby, you ain't about to, you ain't, you ain't understanding. You're not about to take, you're not about to go get no scholarship. Nobody's going to allow you because you don't have it. And so that's that next level that we have to teach these young ladies here. Uh, now, again, <laughs> these are new young ladies that haven't been with us. The ones that were showing up, we had one young lady that was new. Uh down the other young ladies that been with us longest, they was there. You know, then ones that actually she came last year, first year. Uh, her first year with us. And she was a red girl. First year with us, played 15 U. She'd been invited to a showcase, well, a freshman showcase where she would recognize. She'd been invited to a college camp. Uh, well, personal. I'm gonna say personal because as a team, we've been invited to four league college camps mm -hmm. uh so she is already like coach coaches done already if anyone needed motivation to, to be in the gym she got it in a good way but she didn't come to volunteer workouts so i had to you know and this, this is where now and again i always tell parents we're about development uh but this is where it's hard for me when i see kids that don't understand so mm -hmm. I always try to teach that purpose. You know, uh, we shared with them on Sunday a video of, uh, uh, it was a college, it was an NBA player sharing with them, if you're not willing to sacrifice, oh, Devin Booker, mm -hmm. he, he letting them know, I didn't get a chance to go uh, out to the movies all the time with my friends or swimming, you know, but if I had to do it again, I would do it again. I would miss out. And I share with our young ladies because I share with parents, once you get into middle school, the hardest thing is about groups, cliques. Mm -hmm. They're going to say they don't want to play no more. I don't care if they playing the violin. They can be in, playing the flute. They can be in the soccer club. It's not that they don't like it no more. You got to find out what's grabbing their attention mm -hmm. because they're going to naturally want to stop because they want to hang out. It's the group. It's the club thing. Mm -hmm. So in that middle school year, I share with parents, you got to, you got to continue to make them, you know, I hate to say that, but you got to find out what's, what's taking over, taking over their time. Uh, so when I see this young lady, when I see these young ladies not want to come to volunteer workout, one, as a coach, it lets me know, you don't know what you're getting into yet. Mm -hmm. Two, your parents don't know. You don't know. And your parents don't know. When you feel like you have the opportunity to miss a volunteer workout, you, you really you you think this is a rec league. Mm -hmm. That's what you think. And so now I this is so it's as a coach, I have to prepare my mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
on 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 not to expect too much because you know your passion is like whoa but those are things on how I try to see where they at uh as far as wanting to be in the gym or pick up the ball outside of practices that's what I see and of course we reiterate it all the time you know the old school way of free throws at the end right mm -hmm. um but the the other thing also lets us know when I see a person with a bad form, you know, I, I I tell them right there in a field grade, if you throw up a ball, I'm not even putting you in the game in a field grade. Let me see you just throw up a shot. I don't care what – let me see you throw up something accidental. You got to come to that bench. You know, you should be shooting with a form. Let mm -hmm. me see you throw up a ball on a layup. All that I look at. And so those things there uh, allow me to see – um, the blessing thing about it, we got some, we got some good kids. Um, I just find out that a lot of these kids don't do the extra because the parents don't know. And so in our area, yeah. uh, there was there, I don't think there really been a solid girls team, uh, since at the rise, since mm -hmm. your dad, you know, since your dad, uh, but since your dad team, you know, there's nobody the other people out, they don't, they don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, they don't, they don't know. And so uh they don't think it take all that. You know, and so I've heard that so many times. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. Why why do you keep telling my daughter that she has to do skills three times a week? Ma'am, I don't want your $25 an hour three times a week. Like, it's cool, but you are just yeah. paying for my gas. Literally, it's $70 to rent the court. So yep. you giving me $25 ain't paying nothing. That's right. I'm telling you she needs three times a week because the girls at South Oak Cliff, they go to the park. Your daughter don't have a park to go to. She got to come here. Now, if they had a gym, they would be going to the gym. Mm -hmm. They would be in the right. If, if the rise was in South Dallas instead of Rockwall, it would be full all day, every day. Yes. It's just in the wrong part of town. Yes. And I tell people all the time, it's as a teacher, I see if you want to play, if you're serious about basketball, when I look at my students and I tell my students, as freshmen in high school, if you want to go to college, you need to make sure you're doing the assignments, you're doing the homework, and you're passing the test. Mm -hmm. Now, what that means is you have to really try hard on the assignments. And when you don't understand the assignments in class, you have to talk to the teacher, ask questions, and then do the homework as best you can. If you don't understand the homework, you may have to hire a tutor so that you can get extra time learning what the teacher doesn't have time to spend time with you on. That way, when the tests come, you're ready to pass the test because the college isn't going to look at your homework. They're not going to look at your assignments. They're not going to talk to your tutor, but they are going to check your test scores. That's right. As an athlete, if you're not coming to practice, you're missing the assignment. Practice is the assignment. That's when the teacher or the coach takes the time out to teach you what it is you're supposed to be focusing on. That's right. If you don't understand the assignment, if you don't understand what we went over in that hour or two hours a week of practice, 
you then have to do some homework. You have to go home and do your own work outside of practice. Whatever we did in class or in practice, you have to go practice on your own. If we worked on this specific play and you're supposed to be doing a dribble handoff, but you kept kicking the ball out of bounds, you need to work on dribbling that same way, right hand with your left hand on the inside, blocking the ball. And you may want to ask a parent to help you. You may not, but you have to practice. You have to get the time in. If you still can't figure it out, you may have to hire a tutor or you may have to go get your own skills trainer, which is going to cost extra money, but it's what it takes. And then in the game is when you get to show what you've learned. That's not my time for me to teach you. How your teacher is, when you take a test in class, your teacher's not standing over your shoulder helping you underline and cross out words. They're sitting behind their desk doing their own thing, and this is your time to shine. The game is your time to shine. I'm not going to be up yelling instructions. It's not class time. I yelled instructions all practice. This is time for you to showcase what you've learned. And that's what the game is. And then if you don't understand in the game, then we go back to the class and we reteach. I remember what you did in the game, where you failed. And my job as a coach is to reteach what you may not have learned. But I also may say, I have 10 players. Eight of them knew this. You two need some extra homework on this particular. Everybody else understood the play. Y'all may need to go work on just this part of the play. Or y'all two, we would get to the play and they'd kick it out to you in the corner and you airball four times. You need to take 100 shots from this spot. And then just to make sure you could do it, if we ran it to the other side, take 100 shots from that side too. And then next week, you should be a little better. That's my job as a coach. And then parents say, well, what am I paying you for if they have to work on their own? Mm. Because working on their own, you'll get just as good as everybody else. But if everybody is improving at the same rate, that means your daughter is going to get the same three minutes next game she got last game. (laughs) But if you want your daughter to get six minutes next game, that means she got to take somebody minutes. That means she has to get better than she has to put in more work than somebody else. So if everybody is doing the same amount of work, everybody's going to improve at the same rate. But your daughter may have a learning deficiency. Your daughter may not be 5'9". Your daughter may be 5'3". So whereas this girl don't have to put in as much work, she's naturally gifted. This girl is a little bit faster. This girl is a little bit stronger. This girl's parents play basketball, so they watch basketball. Her brothers play. so You don't know what they're... They may have extra work that you don't know about or just extra natural ability and parents are so busy comparing which causes kids to compare well she didn't show up to practice and you still played her yeah but she also ain't missed a layup in six years you missed a layup yesterday or yeah she missed practice but she missed practice for a funeral you missed practice for a birthday party she missed practice because she had a parent's engagement. You just wanted to go to Cheddar's. Those (laughs) things are different. So I think think it's great that you have them tell you, why weren't you at Volunteer Sundays? That's something I'm putting in my bag. Why why weren't you at practice? It's great. Okay, I, I get it. Kids need to be kids. I'm never telling you not to go on the cruise. 
Yeah. If you're leaving the state, mispractice. Yeah. If you go into dinner with your friends that you go to school with, come on to practice. It just it to me it's that you could t- whatever they talked about at dinner, text them about it later. Now, if you if you really getting an experience, if you're gaining an experience, that's totally different. I'm not gonna tell you not to go to Washington. I'm not gonna tell you not to go to New York. I'm not gonna tell you not to go to the wedding or the funeral or the birthday. But if your sister's turning three and you're 14, you don't have to be there. Come on to practice. And and, and I share with ours as well on that note is that your parents will support you, whatever. Even if you have family come in town, your family can take an hour to to come see you. They come to see what you do. Mm -hmm. Spend time with you. Show them what you do. Show them where your time is. You know, don't 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 use that as, as an excuse because the time you show up out of shape, that's one that's one way I'm gonna naturally see that you're not working because you've been missing. You're gonna be out of shape. Mm-hmm. Two, you're gonna be make turnovers. You ain't gonna be able to finish. You know, so I, I totally, I totally, I totally agree. Totally, you know, agree. I hated that excuse. We have family in town, so we're not gonna be here <laughs> at practice tonight. Do your family have any kids your kids' age? Because they can come to practice too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah. is everybody can get this work. It ain't. It ain't. <laughs> That's right. It's not specific to your kid. My practice is open practice. That's right. Bring them on in. Let yeah. them practice with them. Let let their cousins play with them. Experience yes. what they do. Because yes. if they play on their basketball team in their hometown and they out of town, they missing their practice. Mm-hmm. Let them come get this work. Their coach will appreciate that they get an extra work. That's right. If That's it's right. just grandma, grandpa, I, grandmas and grandpas like to see their kids participating in stuff. They don't want to sit at the house. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> Bring them to practice and let them see their kids practice. Yeah. Let them meet the coach that's working with their grandkids. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many grandparents I've met who I then see, because grandparents don't forget nothing. Oh, I see grandparents in Kroger, and it, you coached my grandson three, four years ago. Yeah. Okay, which grandson <laughs> is that? Again. And they want to talk, and they tell you, and they, oh, we heard so many good things. They want to come to those things. They want. They don't want to sit at your house and eat with you and watch your TV shows. That's Bring right. them out. Now, if, like I said, if you going somewhere, if you're doing something, if you're gaining experience, especially, yeah. I mean, we both coach in Rockwall. We we have kids who get to have experiences that yeah. I definitely didn't have growing up. That's true. And you. so if you're doing things that I didn't get to do, going, take those experiences. Those are life experiences that you can't replace. Yeah. You can miss a skating party. I promise you can't. Oh, because... It's kids in NBA, and I don't suggest nobody miss prom. But Devin Booker talked about missing prom. LeBron James went to his prom, but he said he never went to a homecoming. He didn't go to football games on Friday. Like if he he said, if I'm not playing, I'm not going. But he had a dedication to his craft. That's how you if you want to be the best at something, you don't get to do what everybody else does. You don't get to be the 1% doing what the 99% does. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so I I think it's really important for kids to recognize how just how important be honest. 
how important is this to you? Yeah. I had a kid get so mad, and he's he's my favorite player. And when, as coaches and teachers, we're not supposed to have favorites. But he's my favorite player ever. I saw him at a Mavericks game maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah. And I, he gave me a hug, stopped me, introduced <laughs> me to his girlfriend for the 15th time. <laughs> and and I mean, it was like, this is my coach. And she was like, yeah, I, I've met your coach a bunch of times. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we've met. He was, oh, well, I just, I, I want to introduce you. You, My dad's sitting over here. Come talk to my dad. I was, okay, that's, it's okay. I don't, yeah. but he, he was my favorite player. He got so mad at me his senior year and I was, and it's because I said, you have to be honest with yourself. You, like, we know you don't love this the way you want people to think you love it. You're good at it. You're good at basketball. If if you really wanted to put in the work, and this was like February of his senior year. I was like, between February and August of next year, where you would be starting college, we can get you on a D1 team. You are that level of athlete and you're that level of skill already with the minimal effort you're putting in. Mm. But you have to look, I need you to tell me right now that basketball is more important than your girlfriend, than your job at Foot Locker, and then and then your your family and your friends. You have friends turning 18, you want to go to the club with every friend that turned 18, you want to go to the club with. You want to spend every weekend with your girlfriend, every off day with your girlfriend. And in the days you're not spending with your girlfriend, you want to work at Foot Locker so you can have money to spend with your girlfriend. <laughs> is basketball first? Is it second? Is it third? Is it fourth? Tell me now. And he said, basketball is first. I said, you lying to me and you. And that's, I. you can lie to yourself all you want to. You're not going to lie to me. <laughs> is it first? second, third, or fourth. He said, well, I can't put it above my job because I have to have my job to pay you. If you, this is the first year you've paid me since you was in fifth grade. So you, <laughs> you know that's not true. So we looking at second at best. <laughs> so, okay, so it's not more important than your girlfriend because that's what you're making money for. Because you still, every time you're supposed to give me $50, you give me 20. So <laughs> I can't be first. Uh what well, well yeah but I, I really love my girlfriend. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I get it. It's okay if this is your fourth priority. Basketball wasn't my fourth first priority as a senior in high school. It wasn't. Yeah. I loved basketball and it wasn't my first priority. But yeah. I wasn't trying to get a D I got a D1 scholarship, but I wasn't chasing one. Yeah. That wasn't my goal. That's what what I was looking for. I and my basketball turned scholarship turned into an academic scholarship because even after college that coach looked at me and said is this your first priority and I said no sir I don't want to play professional basketball I'm doing this so that y'all can pay for my college if you can find another way to pay for college I would rather be sleep at 5 30 a.m when y'all lifting weights <laughs> he said cool found me another way to pay for college and I ain't never go to practice again that was the end of it but you have to be honest. And he was so, he left practice. He, he wanted to fight me at practice. Yeah. Mostly because he was embarrassed. And he thought I was telling him he didn't deserve to be a college athlete. And I let him leave. I let him get mad. He came to the next practice. I said, you know, I love you, right? He said, I know. I said, you know, I'm never going to force you to do anything. He said, I know. And I, 
he, I said, do you understand what I was saying? He said, yeah. Is basketball your priority? No. Mm -hmm. Then why are you wasting our time? I Like, I like doing this. I love coaching. So you really not wasting my, whether you use anything I give you or not, I'm going to have a great time giving you the skills. Mm -hmm. But if you could spend this time learning something else or doing something else that's more important to you, why not do that? You don't get to be young seven times. You get to be young one time. It's one time where you get to work and all of your money is for whatever you want. You don't have to pay bills. Every every penny I make has a designated spot already. <laughs> it's yeah. pennies that I have not made. It's pennies I'm going to make in December that are already designated for something. Yeah, that's right. You don't get to go backwards. Stop wasting your time doing something you don't want to do just yeah. because you're good at it. It's great to be good at things. Yeah. But if you're not all in, first of all, you're taking somebody else's spot who would be all in because I'm focused on you when I could be focused on somebody whose goal is to make college teams or whose mm -hmm. goal is to be D1. But even more than that, you could be focused on working in this other area. You could be focused on doing something, anything else. So you have to be honest with yourself. And he's messaged he probably messaged me two or three times a year. Coach, I just, I remember when you told me to prioritize and I'm, I'm so, I do that every day and my priorities keep changing. Is that okay? Yeah. You're 21. Your priorities will continue to change. Yeah. You yeah. at 21, if I had the same priorities now that I had at 21, I would be in a <laughs> world of trouble. That is perfectly fine. If I had the same priorities at 21 that I had at 18, I would be in a world of trouble. That's okay. But you do, in every stage, you have to be honest. And that's he right. said, that's one thing you taught me. And I said, that's what sports are for. That's sports right. are to help you learn life skills from people who are out. Because he had two parents. He was in a two-parent household where his parents made enough money. They were upper middle class family his grandparents were involved I mean grandparents came to games parents came to games I knew the whole family his brother was on my great family great kid and he just so he didn't ha he wasn't one of those kids who were less fortunate yeah. he had all of the things he was sports for you you need to learn teamwork yeah. and you need to hear the same messages your dad is telling you you need to hear it from another perspective, from another person in another environment. Because we just, it's some things my dad told me that I couldn't accept, which is why I told him at 16, you can't coach me no more. Because you're not going to keep yelling at me <laughs> over and over again. So I asked just to not keep you too, too long. I asked all of the podcast guests, the same question at the end, what is one, if you could give one piece of advice or one public servant's announcement, what would that be? Continue to teach it with love. The way the Bible encourages to. And that's not saying love everybody. That's, that's, um, that's kind of cliche, right? Mm -hmm. But we leave out and forget that the Bible say do things in a loving way 
where you don't expect a response. That's what the youth need today because we're dealing with different type of parents. We're dealing with different type of parents. Um, so when we love and give, we cannot give and expect that a child will still be with your program because they're not the one that's driving. It's their parents. We cannot give to think that the person's supposed to be like this come tomorrow. So when we give in service and working with youth is our service, we have to give in love, not, not looking for a, a thank you. You know, because if we are, <laughs> we're going against what we believe in. We're doing it so we can teach. Time management, how to earn, how put in the extra time benefits you, how to speak up, how not to show negative gestures, body language, because you make a mistake, how to encourage others, even when you don't messed up. So we have to teach and give the way God have us to, and that's to give without expectancy. Because um, I, I see so many coaches today um, that don't want to coach no more because the parent, they, man, I, I used to go pick that kid up. I, I bought him shoes. I, I, I Man, I, I was the one, I was even coming to his games. And, a, and and now they're gonna go to somebody else. You see, you 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 lost sight. Mm -hmm. Lost sight. Um so we have to continue. And so every everything that we give, everything that I try to give, I try to make sure that it's not because I give because of who I am, but because God hold me accountable to live that way, to give that way. That way, if a parent think they are leaving or you know, for whatever reason, you know, um, I'm okay. Hey, man, you have a you have a baller. Keep it up, you know. Hey, you guys take care. Uh, even at school, man, you can do this. You got this. Uh, because it's important for them to receive that type of love. And so many and children are able to identify love. If it's coming unselfishly, or is it coming from a personal type standpoint? They able to they able to see that now, you know. So the love that they're receiving, like the young man you're just sharing, he know that that love have no. There's nothing that that you are asking him to do to make you happy, to pay him back, to pay you back. That love there is what keeps a smile on his face, motivating. Uh, in a dark time or even not even a dark time, just in a decision making. Let me pick up the phone and I, I know a person I could ask. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the love that I encourage uh, all, our, all, our, all our brothers and sisters that are doing service is to remember that um, because there are, there are dark times. There are, there are some dark times when um, you feel that people are using you, but and you and we're wise enough to know that they are, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. They're not using you because God put you in that position. That's the reason why they're with you. Their child is there with you for a reason. 
they're there with you for a reason. And it's not, even though you know what's going on, if you was able to let them go, God would have made it so. God have them there for a reason. So we just keep our heart loving that way without the expectancy. So we continue to love what we do and not get burned out. And I think that's what uh, we're missing a lot of good men and women that could feed into our children, pour into our children, uh, because parents are running them away to be truthful about it. Uh, it's not the kids. Uh, the parents are running them away. Mm-hmm. And something I'm seeing uh, now that I didn't see 15 years ago, attended. matter of fact, when I had uh, Sisters United, my first organization, when I used to see you out in Forney, mm-hmm. um, the difference now is that parents have the money, mm-hmm. but they're okay with their children not putting in an effort, effort, extra effort. So you have the money to pay all this money and you don't realize that it's not okay for them to put in the extra work. So therefore, because you don't understand that your children should be picking up their ball on their own, they develop a, a, a understanding of that, which created a habit, mm-hmm. <laughs> which created a personality, a character mm-hmm. that I have to fight against, that try to motivate. You know, and so that's what I'm seeing now. Back in the day, parents didn't have that money. You know, they they had other siblings. That was they that was a quick response. You know, I got other siblings that I have to take care of. Now they have siblings, but they have the money, mm-hmm. and they still don't feel that. You know, they think you know, like for instance, from seventh grade on up, I start going into three day practices. And actually, I'm doing it uh, with my younger team now because of the tournament schedule that we play. Um, because Oklahoma, they have gyms everywhere. Uh, Arkansas, when we you play them tournaments, our parents are able to see, like, dang, these girl good. But when they speak to them, they realize they go to training five days, five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they're good, good because they committed. You know, they're paying $275 a month, you know, $300 a month uh, at that young age. But I, I share with them that we have to, but that's not enough. That's not enough. We're doing this as, and again, it's always about development, but even at this level, we don't have time to teach you the small things that you need to get better in. When we call this play or this play is ran and they pass you that ball, you need to be able to make that jump shot. We need to believe that you make you made, made that jump shot. When you come to practice, you come to practice to addition because practice is where we know who we're going to start and who's who going to play and who's not going to play. So when you come to practice and you're out of shape, you can't hit no jump shot. I already know that I'm not gonna get, you're not going to get much playing time. And you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I say that because even when you explain that to parents in the most kind way, uh, you can have the best analogies that you're trying to use to be creative, to share with them and explain your purpose of for saying it. Someone still don't get it. Yeah. And uh, that can be discouraging. 
you know, you don't want to take time away from your your family uh, for someone that's not committed like that. Uh, so you got to make sure, we have to make sure that we know the reason why we're doing it, why God put us there. Mm -hmm. um, so we continue to love, especially in the school system today. Because the school system today, and I'm going to be frank with you, um, this is my second year. And I don't see that education is not number one priority for America or the state. It's not number one priority. Um, so I, I used to hold teachers as a star, like, wow, teacher, how you doing? I shake their hand because I knew, mm -hmm. you know, that was a prestige. I looked at that with honor. That's like awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But becoming one, I realized they're not treated like that or respected like that. Right. So you're you're not any good teacher. I really take my head off to, and I hate to say really good teacher, because when you're not getting paid and you're being disrespected, and you have parents making excuses for their children. Man, it, it will make you go to another job. Mm -hmm. It will make you go back and leave and go to somewhere else. Um, so it's important that if we want to be teachers, that we know that we're doing it out, out of the instructions of God, mm -hmm. which is to do it without worried about somebody patting you on the back. That would be my advice. Yeah, absolutely. Just do it out of love. And I would even add on to that, if you are a coach who's been doing it and you know the love, the amount of love and the amount of sacrifice that it takes, give that, because there are so many people who, and I don't, I don't believe everybody who's starting a basketball program should be starting a basketball program. <laughs> right. It's, there's a reason why when I was a kid, it wasn't, but. 10, 15 programs. Yeah. Like when my little sister was playing, you there was five major girl programs in the DFW. Now yeah. everybody has a girls' team. Yeah. And when I when I played, there were maybe 15 major boys pro. I saw the same guys at every like the reason I know Tydrick Gocher and Brian Lipsy and Tez Dumas and Mike Babels and Prescott Mack is because I saw them at the same tournament. Yeah, we all from Garland. Yeah. But we also saw each other at the same tournaments all summer, every year, yeah. for six years. So when I look at now, and it's it's 50 organizations, and, every, and it's a new organization every week, and they all doing fundraisers. I started last summer just working with younger coaches, like, okay, you have, like, I went out of my way to say, okay, you have the passion it takes to do this. You, you're still, you don't have the skill it takes because there's no class you have to take to start your own basketball program. Right. To be a teacher working with kids in a classroom, you have to take classes and get certified. But to be a basketball coach working with kids outside the classroom, you don't need nothing. 
<laughs> you don't need a high school diploma. You don't need a college degree. You don't need a certificate. You don't need nothing. These guys are going out there blind. And so I, I found three coaches that I was like, I can work with y'all because I know that y'all want to be the best at what you do. And I know y'all listen. And I know. And so I would say even for some of these more experienced coaches, go find you one coach and just check on them every week. Hey, coach, where are you struggling? Oh, you don't, you can't find money? Cool. Neither can I. You're going to have to go and pay for that yourself. Stop, mm. stop wasting your time sending out Facebook and evites. They ain't nobody finna donate money on Facebook. We've been trying that. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> they don't care. Stop posting that on Facebook. Pay the money yourself, or don't pay the money. Like if you really wanted to get the fund, you gonna have to walk into these businesses yourself. Yeah. Go in, talk to the parent. If the parent, if your parents frequent the same restaurant. Go to that restaurant, do a fundraiser there. But just asking on Facebook, you ain't gonna get nobody that way. Yeah. Or I had to tell one coach, charge. Your program can't be free. I yeah. my program can be free because I made enough money to where I could cut cover the cost. Yeah. You can't do that. You have kids at home, you have bills you have to pay. Yeah. Your kids shouldn't be hungry because somebody else's kids playing in a basketball tournament. They parents have the money. You just not asking for it. Pay the money. Your program is worth money. Pay, ask for the money. Yeah. Tell them it's it's 150. And if you don't pay the 150, you can't come. Yeah. They're gonna pay the 150. Because it's coaches out here charging eight, nine hundred dollars a month. They'll pay the 150. Yeah, they'll leave your organization and go pay for it. And go pay eight nine hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it's we have knowledge as as veteran coaches, and you you've been doing it way longer than I have. I'm this is year 15 for me. And you've been doing it longer than I have. And my dad's been doing it longer than I have. And so I still go to my dad and be like, is it? How did you get people to come to practice? Because I just, I don't, my team is free. I pay for the practice space. And he said, they not coming because you you pay for it. it. They not losing nothing by not showing up. Yeah. So last year I had to switch, or the year before last, I had to switch to, okay, it's $800 month one. Every time you come to a practice, every game you show up to, I put this much back in your personal account. At the end of the summer, that's how much you get back. So every time you miss a practice, you lose $40 or $4. Every time you miss a game, you miss $15. At the end of the summer, at the end of the season, that's what you lost. That, that's the total price. Every time you show up, and if you late, it's like you missed it. You don't get to be late. You have to be on time. I like that. Because if I was late, y'all would charge me, y'all. If yeah. I charged y'all $25 an hour and I showed up at 7.30 instead of 7, y'all would be up and off. Mm -hmm. So if, yep. if practice started at 7 and we end at 9 and it's $75 per hour to rent the court, that's $150. It's 10 of y'all. That's 15 per player. If you show up at 7.30, you lost your $15. 
Yeah. So yeah. I charged you seven hundred at the beginning of summer. You now down to six eighty five. <laughs> the tournament like was two hundred dollars. It's ten of y'all. That's twenty dollars a person. Oh, you can't come because you have a birthday party. Cool. You down to six sixty five. Mm-hmm. And I just kept a spreadsheet and I put it in Google and every parent had access to it and they could always see it. This is what you're getting back at. This is your, I don't mind paying for it, but I'm not going to pay for you to be absent. That's right. That's right. I'm paying for what you put in. And that was the only way to get my money back. All of a sudden, nobody had a birthday in June and July. <laughs> it, it wasn't no, the year before, everybody. Oh, well, we going to Six Flags or we going to Hurricane Harbor. My friend having a birthday party or we going to visit my grandma. It wasn't none of that. Oh, you see, <laughs> we playing. I give you our tournament schedule in March. Mm-hmm. How all of a sudden in May you have a trip you can't miss. You didn't know that in March? When I asked, hey, can everybody send me their schedule? I'm finna make the tournament schedule. I'm trying my best to accommodate everybody. Send me your schedule. This wasn't on the schedule you sent me. So you choosing to miss this tournament. Okay. You going to be gone for a week and miss two tournaments? Cool. That's $40. I'm sorry you lost it. I don't have nothing to tell you. I can Sorry. Oh, well, we'll figure it out. He going to stay with so-and-so, and they'll bring him to the tournament, and he just have to miss that trip. Cool. Yeah. I figured yeah. it was optional. I y'all just because <laughs> people don't like to lose money, and so, and that was something when I started working with a coach and he was getting all worked up. You can't be angry that they missing your free practice. I had to learn that the hard way. You don't have to learn the hard way. And I think if we as coaches started banding together, because a lot, there are, I know you don't do this because you would help me. You gave me advice when I was coming up, when I was starting. There's a lot of coaches, though, who, oh, he's trying to build an organization. He's trying to take over my organization. So everybody and their mama think they could play basketball now. <laughs> it's enough kids for all of us. It is. And it's going to be kids that play with me this year and play with you next year and then play with him next year. We'll be fine. It's enough kids out here for all of us. If you as a as an experienced coach will go out of your way to say, you can't talk to him like that. Come here. Let me let me help you. Let me let me tell you. I can give you another way to say the exact same thing. Or cuss yeah. that kid out. Just not loud enough for them to hear on the other side of the bleachers. Yeah. Like if the fans can hear you, you've made a mistake. <laughs> That's true. Or, you know, spend more time coaching your kids than talking to the referees. Because all that arguing you're doing with the referees is not going to change their calls. That's right. And it ain't but 20 referees in the DFW. You're going to see them again. And they tried and true. The referees that's refing right now ref me when I was in high school. Ref me when I was in – they ain't going nowhere. No. Chris Johnson, Troy Gulcher is three or four out of Terrell. It's three or four that's just – and it's a few young referees, but they not really reffing. I mean, if you go on the PSA, you're going to see them same 15 referees all summer. You don't want no bad blood with them. Coach your team. Yeah. Coach your team. Yeah. And if you if you tell a coach that and they listen to you, now you're giving them some wisdom. They can keep their kids. And now yeah. you don't have to deal with their kids and their parents. And that's really a spe- – you can build your network. You can build – 
And so that's my thing. If we could get together as coaches and instead of competing as much, just say, because I'm not finna yell at your kid. It's not happening. I don't have the time, the energy, or the patience. I'm not yelling. I'll I tell you what, um, you even speaking on that, um, I think with that new uh, facility, uh, I think I was talking to Prescott a couple, uh, last, a couple of weeks ago, probably. We was kind of messaging back and forth. Um, you know, that'd be something I'd like to talk to you about. You know, I don't know much about the plan of each share with me that they're going to, you know, try to get back at AU, you know, things of that nature. Shameless uh, plug, y'all. He's talking about Amerisports, where yeah. Prescott Mack is going to be the basketball director. And if anybody knows, Prescott Mack was the first person to hire me as a basketball coach in 2011. May have been longer than that. It was 2020, 2000. So, no. My dad was the first coach to really hire me, but I, outside of him. <laughs> Prescott gave me a job at the Rise at twenty in 2010. And he is not a basketball director at, at Amerisports, which ain't even finished yet. Yeah. If you know Prescott Mac, it, it when he touched it, it's legit. He started the DFW Skyline in Dallas. Then he moved on to Georgia, and now he has a pro team that's in Georgia. He's been an agent for years, but they're opening a new facility in, I want to say, in Faith. Uh, they keep right. telling me Rockwall. It's Rockwall, right there across from Love. But it's... <laughs> Gotcha, but they gotcha. have <laughs> they have the new building that's coming up and it's Amerisports. And the one of the owners has been talking to me as well. And he's he it's gonna be some basketball minds. Prescott is the director, but I know Mike Babels is gonna be involved. Um, I'm gonna be involved. He's talked to me about it. Um, and it's gonna be a program where he wants all of the different levels. He wants to have developmental. He wants to have AAU. He wants to have um, low-level A because people don't understand there's a low-level AAU, yeah. and then there's high-level AAU. Bronny James is not playing low-level AAU basketball. That's yeah. a different level. Mikey Williams, that, that's a different level. Mike Babels is working with that group, the Tyrese Maxis and the EYBL teams. Hey, yeah. I don't have nothing yeah. for – I don't, I don't want to work with them. I don't like them kids. I don't like them parents. I just, I'm going to be completely 100% honest with y'all. I don't want to coach none of them teams. I like working with kids who maybe we played before, maybe we haven't, but it's still fun. When you get to that next level, it's a job. It ain't even fun no more. That is what they do for work. They are earning a paycheck. <laughs> so, but Amerisports is supposed to be the they their premier facility. I've talked to, like I said, I talked to the guy who's helped building the building. It's it's a program that I I wholeheartedly back, and I love the Rise. I've been at Rise for thirteen years. I think it's a wonderful facility, but I am glad that someone is forcing the Rise to be accountable. It's the way I'ma say it, because the Rise has for a long time lived on the fact that it's the only building in Rockwall. And either you can come there and deal with whatever is there, or you can drive to Plano or Murphy or wherever. But you're going you gonna to either get across that bridge 
now that you have to have another facility to say you don't you don't have to go across the bridge no more. You can come to us. Yeah. I love that, and I love what the guys behind it are standing for. I love the way that they're going about it. I love that they they want to get into the schools. They want to work with Rockwall ISD and Garland ISD and Fate and Roy City and Greenville and Sulphur Springs. They want to work with those communities and get the kids in to do skills, not just for basketball, for volleyball, for cheer, for soccer, for football. They want to get them in. And they, when I was talking, he said, I want to get I want to give more kids an opportunity to figure out what they want to do and to have a safe space to figure it out because that figuring out process is a, it's a hard process and, and that's not something you can go through with your parents. It's not something you can go through at school. It's not something you can go through on your, you need a safe space to try basketball and try it at an elite level. You need to be able to see the guy that's, wants to go pro you need to see the guy that plays eybl and say "Mm -mm, i'm not there yet and then look at the guy who's developmental he's just picking up and say but i'm not there either i'm somewhere in the middle but you also need to have a place to aspire to i need to if the guy that's on the eybl team is here every day if i want to make the eybl team i need to be here every day yeah if the guy who's on the developmental team, on the regular AU team, if he's here three times a week, I need to be here three times a week. If the guy who's just here for fun and he's playing with his friends and it's cool, he's here for one hour once a week, I'm good with my one hour once a week. And there's a place for everybody. And there, and this, yeah. this facility, I think, is going to change the way that East Texas looks at sports. And it's going to, it's going to benefit not just the Rockwall community, but the Fate, the Roy City, the Quinlan, the Caddo Mills, the Greenville, the Sulphur Springs, the Garland, the Rolette, the Saxe, because it's it's PSA, except it's, you don't have to, that bridge is something, y'all. That bridge is something serious. And one of the reasons why I was thinking, because, you know, we know each other. We all know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all in the same area, you know, um, Matter of fact, uh, one of our senior class, when I was with Prescott Matt, um, because he would be at the rise and, you know, things he went through. And um, cause I had to, I used to do training in Rockwall a couple of years before that. And so I had connections with the gym area. But anyway, that class graduated this year. That class graduated this year. And they was, at the time, I think, seven years old. You know, um, they were seven years old, and now I'm thinking of them, uh, they graduate this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was just thinking because, you know, we have some great coaches, you know, like I said, we all know each other. Um, and so I just want to kind of hear uh, what what it would be about, you know, because, you know, there's no reason to continue to go different directions mm-hmm. if we could come together in that one area. Um, you know, I'm always, you know, kind of open in that because we have to bring, and I share with people all the time, they ask, why do we do it? Because we don't get paid for it. Uh, but I share with them, I have to get somebody looking at your daughter mm-hmm. for them to look at mine at my son. So my son and my daughter is young. 
So if we can invest in your kids now, and if they're coming and look at your kids now, they're going to look at the future as well. So my daughter wouldn't have it hard as your daughter do. You know, they would already be here because your daughter would bring them in. And so now, you know, that, that's, that's a blessing. It's a, it's an awesome thing that God allow happen. So I, I sure that that's the reason why, you know, we do it, you know, we don't get paid for it. Uh, but it's a, it's a blessing. Like I said, we had a great success, um, you know, and you know, our journey, mm -hmm. um, you know, when we came out here and started, so, uh, it's a blessing, but just to think about all the good guys that's out here coaching, you know, um, you know, you guys, you know, I think it'd just be an awesome little thing. So, uh, just, you know, if any conversation come up or whatnot, just let me know. I definitely will. And I I say it on it. I've said it before. I've said it in circles before. I love people who really love kids yeah. and love putting back in. I have no problem. I'm not for everybody. Cause some some of these kids do need to be yelled at. <laughs> Just <laughs> in real life, some some of y'all kids is bad and they need to be yelled at. And I there's a certain volume level I just don't reach no more. And <laughs> yeah. but I could I can find you two or three coaches who can get there. Yeah. It some of y'all kids need to be cussed at. I'm not cussing at nobody kids. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. It's just it's not who I am. But some of y'all kids need to be cussed at yeah. because y'all cuss at them, and that's the only language they understand. I can give you two or three coaches <laughs> who can get there with them. Some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all kids need to be prayed for. I can get y'all two or three kids who can pray, two or three coaches who can pray for. Some of y'all kids need to be hugged and loved on. I can get you two or three because I'm not going to burn no bridges. If a coach don't like me, it's one-sided. As I've refereed games, I've coached games, I've score-kept games, I've been a basketball director and scheduled games, I've done tournaments. Yeah. I'm, if you putting in for the kids, the only reason you'll have bad, bad blood with me is if I don't think you're doing what's best for kids. Yeah. And you only have bad blood because I'll tell you first, I don't keep secrets. I'm going to let you know. Look, now, coach, you wrong. Here, you, this ain't how you do this. Yeah. When you said this, this, I don't, I don't like that. We're not putting up with that hurt at this facility. You can't do that in my tournament. I'm on the court, if I'm on the court refereeing, you can't say that to these kids. You need to take that somewhere else. Yeah. I'm gonna call you that. If you adjust, I know you 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 here for the kids. If you don't adjust, but you let me know, this is why I do this. I know you're here for the kids. Mm -hmm. If you just think you know it all, you run about your life and find that somewhere else. Cause I'm not, I'm not. I need to make sure. The oath I took as an educator was that I would do what was best for all kids at all times. Right. And I don't I don't get to turn that off because I'm not in my classroom, right. even though I want to sometimes. <laughs> so I will be in Walmart letting people know mm -mm -mm, that's not how you talk to a child. I tell coaches all the time, mm, we don't argue with kids. I've had coaches I'm working with. I'm sitting next to them on the bench. We're not going back with no kids. On the, yeah. We're not going. Let them talk trash. Well, he talking to me. 
cool. That's what he's supposed to do. You don't remember being 17? <laughs> he done hit four threes in our face. <laughs> got to talk to somebody. He ain't talking to them scrubs. He got it. He said, Coach, you better put two up on me. We better put two up on him. <laughs> we not going back and forth with no kids, though, because he a kid. He looked like that, but we he a kid. We not going back. And that's my thing. But we have some great coaches. And Amerisports, the people that are over Amerisports, he is not being shot at all. He is trying to get all of the great coaches in the area. Yeah. And he has tasked Prescott. And he he talked to me about it. And he asked me. And I was honest. I said, if you want a great leader, Prescott's one of the best leaders I know. Yeah. He is a leader of men. I remember him put he assembled a team at the rise where the group he put together, all of us have started our own program. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was my dad, him, Deontay, who has heat, Mike, who has big time, me, who has NTX. My dad had DG Elite. We all started our own program. Um, and I don't want to leave anybody out. Coach C has his own program. Um, NTX, I think Hustle is what their name is. The Wolves mm. were from that. Like Prescott's AAU coaching tree in the East Texas area is big. Yeah. So if you want somebody who can get leaders together, that's a good guy to go for. Like yeah. I don't, I don't take a back seat to a lot of people because I know what I'm doing a lot of times. <laughs> right. If if the option is me or Prescott, you would be a fool to pick me. I'm just telling you what I know. You would be foolish. <laughs> he can step in and he 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 knows things and he can talk about things that I just don't know and I can't talk about. Yeah. And I think that knowing your strengths and weaknesses as a human, that's what has gotten me to where I am. It's what's gotten Prescott to where he is. It's what's gotten Mike to where he is. Yeah. I'm sure it's what's gotten you to where you are. And I think if we can take those things, just to get back to my piece of advice, if you could take those things and we could just share them. Because I'm working with a coach right now. I love him to death. And he's really, I think he's really only two years younger than me. But I say he's my baby brother because he he didn't get to experience life like I experienced life. And he just started coaching last summer. So he has a lot to learn. But when I talk to him, I hear the passion. And when I've seen him and I and people are like, well, he's doing this, this and that. Yeah, he make a lot of mistakes and he got to hear from me on every mistake. But he listened on every mistake. And that's it's, it's time consuming and it's hard and it's frustrating. But eventually there's going to be a time where like I can't coach 50 kids. Right. Right. I can't coach five teams. It's just, it's not going to happen. I don't have that type of energy no more. It's I can not. give you two teams, maybe. That means somebody else is going to coach them. Yeah. I'd like to know that that coach worked under Jimmy Boyd for a few months, worked under Prescott Mack for a few months, worked under Deontay Harper for a few months, worked under Mike Babels for a few months. Because then I know, okay, they have the fundamentals down. They're not going to hurt nobody. They will do no harm. They may not be great, but they're not going to hurt your kid. You can say, I'm happy to give them over 
because they've gotten a little advice from somebody. Or they maybe they haven't taken the advice, but they have somebody's number who they can call. Yeah. But it's a lot of coaches out here who don't have a number of anybody they can call to ask for advice. And so they figuring it out on their own. And that's not a good space to be when you're working with people's kids, when you're work because this is this is our future. Yeah. And we can't we can't take chances because we just don't want to share because we're trying to be greedy. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's, uh, you know, in young, young coaches, you know, they don't get it because they come in with so many ideas and mm-hmm. creativity, you know, and you just listen because used to be the same way, you know, we used mm-hmm. to argue way until we learned <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they learn, you know, they do learn. Um, but one of one of the things that you know I try to share with young coaches, special organization, is the one thing parents leave is not being organized. Mm-hmm. If you're not an organized organization, parents parents get tired of that. That's how you lose your best players, you know. And then the second one is, of course, if the coach don't show up to practices, you know, you're you're doing some that always asking for more money, which comes back to organization, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but other than that, I just try to share with the young coaches, stay organized, be organized. You be organized. You keep your good players. You're going to, mm-hmm. every, every organization lose players. Don't, don't let that bother you. You know, every organization lose them. No matter how good they are, you can be like, man, they was winning. Why they leave so-and-so? Every organization lead player, lose players. But it's a difference if you're losing players because you're not organized. Mm-hmm. You know? Don't don't do that. Always, you know, get you someone that you can trust to help you be organized. You know, uh, that's the key because it brings peace in your life. <laughs> you know, as coaching and thing, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to go through all that administration part, that back mm-hmm. part, you know, because you would get burned out. Uh, you know, you don't want to do that. So, but yeah, let me know. Let me know. Because uh, like I said, I know we, we all know each other. I, I know where you guys' heart is. Uh, it'd been awesome if we could have did it at the Bryce. Um, But, you know, like I got to share with Mike. You know, I remember when Mike uh, got there um, right after your dad left. You know, everyone that came in after your dad, you know, because I remember when Mark Williams was there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a way long time ago. Yeah. And Prescott, you know, and then your dad, you know. And so everyone came in after your dad. You know, and I knew your dad. So when your dad was going through, I heard all them guys come in, you know, with their good ideas and crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I just listened and said, okay, all right. You know, one of my coaches, you know, tried to talk to him. Hey, can't get together. And I'm saying to myself, you guys are not getting it. Right. They they had the guy. They had good people. You know, and I'm not going against these guys. They just, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, it just been a blessing that some good people don't came through there. Let me just say that, you know, uh, and I still look at them that way, you know, and um, there's some good people in, in the area and uh, it'd be awesome because our area needed, you know, we need to, we have a chance to get like the, the Soto area, the Duncanville area, uh, the Mansfield area, the South Grand Prairie area, the Plano uh, East area. The plan, you know, we have a chance to literally build uh, 
you know, an area like that for our kids, a program like that for our kids that feed yep. feed into the schools. That's where, you know, that new building can kind of help bridge the gap. And I know when I came in the area, that's where it, uh, your dad had the older kids, um, you know, and them girls right now playing for Walk Wall, uh, yeah. and making a big impact for Walk Wall. Um, you know, we had the younger girls and, uh, you know, it'd been an awesome thing if we could have did it at the rise then. But unfortunately, you know, um, he didn't have to, you know, uh, but, you know, it'd been awesome. Um because again, I, I just believe that it should benefit the schools in the area. Yep. When it come down to it, it should benefit the schools in the area. Um, so it's I know um, you know, when even when we got in the area, the high school coaches was not too fond of AAU programs. You know, they didn't want to hear about them. Um, you know, and and I was disappointed in hearing this. Uh, because if you, to me, I remember when Walkwall was winning state championships, it came from the rise. You know, I bought my daughter all the way from North Dallas to come out to the Rockwall. That's how awesome rise was at the time, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, they girl traveling team was the bomb. It was the bomb yep. digging, you know? And so when I hear the high school coaches now, um, you know, I, I can't really say it kind of bring me down a little bit. And I share with parents, you know, if the coach and I share and I don't speak against no uh, organization, but I share with them. There's two things that you look at a high school. If you want your child to play basketball for a scholarship, one is see how many uh, players their senior year that the uh, school is putting out to go to college. If they're getting a scholarship in basketball, that's going to tell you what they're going to do with your child. Please don't be so prideful to think that your child is better than this person here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because when that child person was in the seventh grade, the coach might've been doing the same thing that, you know, they doing to you. Right. The key is to look what they're doing now for those kids. That's one. They're not sending kids to college. Best believe there's one kid that worked their butt off. You know, so you want to look at that. See what record they have. The two is to see what they're doing uh, to kind of help, you know, get them kids on that level. Because if they're not allowing them to play in live periods, but want to make them take up their time to play in PSA, I said, that to me, that's selfish. That is selfish. You should want an opportunity to say that you have a young person that's playing against elite kids because that's all playoffs are. The deeper you go is based on where your kids' experience come from. And unfortunately, school ball, the coaches don't get a chance to train or teach every kid at the same level. They don't have right. that opportunity. So right. to have them girls playing against competitive people like that and getting an opportunity to be seen that's the best thing that a coach can do for a kid, especially if you're not on the phone with coaches all the time. That's the best thing you could do. And then after the live period dates, you know, you have them on other times. You know, it's only like two live periods a month, you know, so it don't hurt your program. Uh, and so when I when I hear about those things and hear about the coach's mindset and then I start seeing uh, – 
you know, where they are. Because now that I'm at the school, I can easily try to recruit my own girls, but I don't do that. You know, I don't try to reach out to them uh, in that way. You know, hey, stay with your school. And, you know, if you want to come to me, cool. But I don't try to do that because uh, I still respect the high school coaches, mm -hmm. you know. Um, matter of fact, I'm working on trying to get a scholarship. Uh, I got a call, emailed up just last night. Because even though the girl don't go to my school, uh, she go to a school in the area, I'm still trying to get her into a college. So that, you know what I mean? It, it don't make mm -hmm. me feel good doing it for, you know, of course, that's my girl. I don't mind. But it just, it, I'm bothered because, you know, I would wish that the high school, you know because what I mean? Because you shouldn't have to be the one. Exactly. Exactly. And parents out here, I think because they're privileged, you know, they don't look at it that way. They don't look at that everyone out here is not that privileged. And they don't really understand that the programs in other areas, they do get their children out mm -hmm. there. You know? And, Plano um, East is sparing no expense to get no, their kids to college. At all. Their coaches is sitting behind the computer sending email, editing videos. They, yeah. they on Twitter. They on Facebook. They are getting the message out for their kids. And, and guess what? They steady getting girls. Mm -hmm. They got them girls that D up. I mean, beautiful basketball, tight. But of course, you're going to get that because parents see what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So a, a parent like, you know, for me, example, if I'm spending this money for my children to get to training, I want to put my children in a program like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that shows me that you care, you know, and so um, I think what I think it's a great opportunity that's coming to the area, you know, long story short. And I think it can really benefit the schools in the area. Um, I'll tell you what, being at PTA Faith, I hope our academics continue to, uh, you know, do awesome. Um, and we continue to do awesome because I know I'm going to work for some girls. So if I get any girls, you know, and I show parents all the time, it don't matter what division you play in. You can play in 6A, 5A, or 1A. If you're playing, especially in basketball, if you're playing AAU basketball, mm -hmm. it don't matter. You can be in homeschool. Right. You know, so believe me, I, I'm looking forward for Ameris Sports to do their thing. Yeah. Uh, because if I could send, I'm looking to send one girl to college and I'm going to mm -hmm. let every parent knowing the community you know um uh, i got some boys that development they, they they we don't got no boys that's like that but if i can put one on the college mm -hmm. you know parents know that hey i'm trying to make sure that our boys and girls get on a solid foundation and that's all my kids right. i tell my children all the time i want to make sure that even if you decide not to go to college that when you leave here that you know you got a foundation that you're walking on. I don't want right. you guessing on it. I don't want you to be like, uh, no, 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 no. You're going to know where you're going after high school. Right. You know? So, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I know we can go on and on about basketball. <laughs> we can. But yeah, that that's why when he said, so I messaged him at, it may have been six o'clock and he messaged back, can you do eight? And I said, today? <laughs> and he said, yeah, if that works. I said, yeah, I will figure it out. 
and we figured it out to get on and talk because I know just, I mean, this isn't the first two hour conversation I've had with Coach Jimmy Boy. Yeah. When I went back the second time, I was reaching out to people and Coach Boyd messaged me personally and said, I see you coming back, but let me, do you mind if I call you to tell you why so many of us stopped coming? Because we need to know that these things are going to be fixed before we come out. So I knew talking to him, I wasn't only going to get what I needed to do to move forward, but I was also going to get wisdom. This is what we're looking for. This is what will help make your program grow. And that, so bringing him on this podcast, I knew if I could get him on tonight, I need to get him on tonight because he is going to share incredible information he's gonna give us what we need and so i appreciate him for coming on i appreciate him for giving us his time i appreciate him for sharing moments with us and with that this has been another episode of public servants announcements i hope you all have enjoyed the listen and we will see y'all next week